Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Long Lost Heroes podcast. You're joining me, AJ Sherman, along with my good pal, my buddy, my best friend, my part, my partner, and the great greatest band that never was Long Lost Heroes, uh, <laughs> Mr. Frank Marsilio. How you doing today, Frank? I am doing great. It's great to be here. I'm glad we're together. I appreciate that the past couple of days we've seen each other a lot. Yeah. And I've seen some of the preliminary merchandise of the Long Lost Heroes brand. I now have a magnet on my fridge. <laughs> uh, so if anyone out there is looking to get some gear, we are <laughs> taking our pre-orders now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can call us. Uh, and we, we will make some magnets, T-shirts, mugs, whatever, stickers, stuff like that. And it was fun to to meet some of your friends and talk about the podcast and to talk about what the band once was and who never we never know maybe we'll reunite one day but one day um so yeah we're, we're back for another thrilling episode of um the most recent movie releases and tonight we are going to cover ant-man and the wasp oh yeah so we saw it together imax 3d at the Lincoln Square Theater, uh, downtown or up or wherever you know Manhattan. Uh, uptown near Lincoln uptown. Center, Upper West Side. Yeah, um, we love and... this theater. This is probably, I mean, I know it's not advertised anywhere, but like this IMAX theater really is the greatest IMAX theater that there is on the Eastern Seaboard, bar none. Um, it's humongous. It's huge. It's gigantic. The sound is incredible. It's loud. The uh, image fills the screen in a way that you can't even really, you know, uh, experience in a in even these very nice uh, other theaters. What they do have, and what we have, you know, seen is what they call the LIMAX theaters. These are IMAX movies that are you know attached with certain brands that are, you know, maybe just one large big format screen. But they may not have the laser aligned sound, or they may not have the actual true IMAX sizes and true IMAX lenses that you need to, you know, recreate these humongous images on, uh, you know, a 60-story screen, like it's 60-foot screen, like it's very big. Um, so, yeah, uh, Frank, uh, yes. I really, you know, we dug this movie. I think we should do a little bit of our you know, spoiler-free area and take some time. And go over that, and uh, after that, we can uh, kind of dive right in. Is that cool with you? Yeah, that, that's cool with me. Um, I agree. I think um, we – man, this this theater is just incredible. Obviously, I've seen a handful of things there now, and I don't know what it was if I was just like in a very chill uh, mood throughout most of the day. when we Like we saw it literally pre, pre-show night, Thursday night, so yeah, right before it came out everywhere. So I had a pretty chill jet day, got to the movie theater, and it's like, boom. I, I think the biggest thing that I'm noticing is, like, how intense the sound is, for one. Um, which, like, is it comes to play, especially in some of the trailers and I think some bigger films. Like, I, I don't think – like, once the movie started playing, I was like, okay, I can calm down. Like there, But, like, the the 3D for this film is out of this world. Like, Yeah, it was I, very I, good. I, you know – I remember when we first saw it for like Force Awakens, and yeah, that that depth in Star Wars that is really cool. Um, but a film like Ant Man, where you're 
constantly either adjusting uh, the scale of, of the hero or adjusting the scale of the surroundings, um, zooming in and out, all that kind of stuff. Like, man, the 3D was really impressive and, like, definitely, like, edge of your seat, like, whoa, like, got to get your bearings a lot of times. Um, so for some, it may be too intense, but uh, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, and, like, the IMAX screen is just gigantic. It's amazing. Um, and, like, decent seats always, like, the... the it is expe- very comfortable. It it's is expensive. expensive. We're sorry about that. Like it is twenty six dollars, you know, plus fees. Like it's a lot, but it is worth it for these big movies. I think you don't have to go see everything there, but if you see the big stuff there, you'll enjoy it. Um, Frank, did you like this movie? Yes. Yes. Okay. And you know, I think it's hard. We talk a lot um, about the Marvel films, the MCU. And we generally speak positively about them all, um, but like they're they're doing like they've got a good track record. They're doing a good job, and this one, you know, is a really nice palate cleanser to Infinity War um, in so many different ways. But like it was it was really funny, uh, you know, even it funnier was really than the funny. first f- funnier than the first Ant Man. I think like some of the um, obviously the the actual jokes were funny, but like some of the gimmicks within in the movie i think are going to hold up um whether you know it's something small being blown up to you know people size or something you know people size being shrunk down um i think that is always going to be endearing and um have some staying power um there's a lot of heart in these the ant-man franchise um i think there there's a lot to like there are some little things here and there that might not um, you know, be the, the the best for the full package, but I think um, generally I enjoyed this movie. Um, what about you? I did. I liked it. I thought it was very good. I don't know if it's great. I don't know if it's like, you know, going to sustain, you know, for all times, but I think it was pretty fun. Um, I think that the, the misdirection is really interesting, the way that they set up the... Uh, trailers in that I think that they kind of use some of the dialogue to you know make it seem like they have been working in the quantum realm for a while and that ghost had kind of come around because of you know uh, the their latest discoveries but I guess that that really was you know it was true that it was through Pym but you know just a different uh, you know different arm of his uh tentacles of you know craziness i like that they kind of what they kind of do with hank pym in this movie i think that that's good paul rudd is absolutely hilarious as as ant-man and scott lang uh he i think he doesn't get to be in the driver's seat in this movie though i feel like he is very much along for the ride um and he doesn't have a lot of advocacy but that's okay um, I really loved Wasp. Evangeline Lilly was like, she kicked ass and really was, you know, earning her stripes to become, you know, potentially one of the leaders of the Avengers because that's what happens in the comics. So it's really kind of cool to see how they went with that. Uh, loved the whole gang, Michael Pena, T.I., and that scary guy from Dark Knight. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I liked, I like them. You know, uh, the villains in these in this movie are uh, 
I don't know. Like, well, I, I think I, I don't know. I think you'll go and you'll be like, up, oh, okay, cool. It's a Marvel movie. So, I, sure. you know, as far as the spoilers are concerned, it's good. It's Marvel. The post credit scene is fun. It's exciting. Um, you'll dig yeah, it. I'm, go see the movie. Go see it in the theater. Totally. Yeah, I think uh, full package. It, it fits into the MCU. It um, it stands alone really well. Also, um, you know, not to spoiler it, but like yeah, po- like you said, post credit scenes kind of add more context. Um, so yeah, go see it in theaters for sure. Um, I think most people that probably listen to this podcast um, are up to date on a lot of the MCU movies. This is the last one for a while. Um, it's weird. Like we've had three this year already and it's only July. Um, and so the next one is Captain Marvel. So we're going to have to, you know, wait a bit, which is interesting. You know, sometimes we have, uh, the, the fall movie, but, um, but yeah, I mean the hype for, for Captain Marvel and in, Infinity War two or whatever you want to call it is high. Um, the the questions are continuing to be raised of what's going to happen next in in uh, phase three and then phase four and beyond. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I I don't know how much more we can say without getting to spoilers. So um, let's throw that up now. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, uh, which it is pretty early, it just released on on July sixth. So go see it come back bookmark this you know pause the podcast whatever you need to do go see the movie come back and in three two one we're gonna talk full spoiler details so one of the things that you were just talking about aj that i kind of want to dig into um are the villains um because i think it's interesting that some of there, there are a lot of villains in the gray area here like you have ghost you have, and I don't know, like, I don't know if I could call them all villains as so much as antagonists. Um, Ooh. Uh, you have Ghost, you have... <laughs> uh, Ghost, Bill Foster, and then I, uh, Sonny Birch, I think, is the, the, the mob guy or the, the black market dealer. The scary um, guy. The scary guy. Um, His so eyes are too close very much this. Uh, Walton Goggins. <laughs> yes, he's, I think he's great. He's I've he's fa- so he's fa- he's fantastic. He's just scary. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, I think um, they they definitely throw up the sympathetic card with Ghost, especially Bill Foster, to a degree that like they their situation was born out of the misdeeds and uh, troubles of the younger life of Hank Pym which mostly was seen off screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and her situation, you know, was stemmed from what happened between Hank Pym and her father. And I, I jumped when I saw who her father was, um, Elias star or something like that. But the, the, the actor playing him was Michael Cerverus, who I recognized from fringe back in the day. And I was like, Oh my God, he's in the MCU. And then he died. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. uh, which, which is fine because it's like great little character bit for him and that's that's fine um and then bill foster uh morpheus um you know it's interesting because I, to me uh, his character from the comic books is definitely a hero i thought and i would have expected him, and you know especially what they 
um, communicate via the trailers. It seems like they're they're more working together, and so there's maybe a little bit of a twist there of him like working against them. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously by the end of the movie, like things seem like they're moving in a good direction for them all. Like, how how did this whole thing work for you? That like you have some characters that are working against our main characters, but like ultimately end game they sort of all level out at the end well in terms of that i like that it was all like a compact story like it all took place over a very limited period of time so we kind of move with the characters throughout their experiences which makes that part a little bit easy and more easily palatable when you see it in the theater um in terms of like looking back on it now like, I, I don't know, like, it's good, you know? It's cool that they set up an, a whole area of minor, you know, B-level threats for Ant-Man to deal with in this one, other than, oh, we're going to replicate the suit. Um, so I thought that that was pretty cool, and I appreciated, you know, that the quantum technology is, like, a larger implementation than just the suit, you know what I mean? Uh, so I think that what they were doing there was kind of seeing the fan reaction and kind of pivoting in that direction. And, you know, the same can be said about, you know, the lead villain ghost who is, uh, you know, kind of a mercenary, but, you know, also is, you know, afflicted with this horrible phasing disease from her father's experiments with Hank Pym. Um, and you know, the same goes for, you know, similar stuff with Bill Foster. Cause I'm sure everybody who has exposure to the pin particles and maybe wasn't wearing the proper head shielding got a little fucked up. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I dug it. I, I liked the sunny birchness of it all. I liked the car chase a lot in that, in that regard. I liked the opening scene with wasp in the bank. I thought that was absolutely incredible. Um, and she's and she's great. I think that she really um, plays plays a cool character. It was cool to see them on the run, you know, that they were like yeah. kind of like fugitives and like out there, you know, looking around. So the main there's like a few plot lines in this movie, but the main one of the main plot lines is they're trying to get back um, m- new to the MCU, uh, the original Wasp, Hope Van Dyne not Hope Van Dyne, Janet Van Dyne, uh, the original Wasp, Michelle Pfeiffer, um, who is awesome, by the way. Uh, You get to see with a little bit more context the original scene from Ant-Man where you see um, Janet, you know, die or go into the quantum realm. They didn't spend a lot of time explaining how she survived in the quantum realm. Um, I would have liked a little bit more exposition on that. But let's be. Yeah. But, but like, let, what did she eat? How did she survive? <laughs> like what 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 happened over there? But speaking to the quant the exposition in this movie, like there are two big long expositional breaks where I was like trying to get your attention in the theater, being like, "Oh my god, this is like the second minute that Ghost is talking about her backstory." You know, like everybody yeah. gets like their everybody gets to throw in their two cents in this movie. Yeah, totally. Um, I agree with you. I think that um, they really like widened the world here a lot, especially with the quantum realm. Like, yeah, it was teased in the first movie. Um, 
I and yeah, I, mean, I think you were saying it before. Like, there's some misdirect in that. I expected like the movie maybe Act One for them to go to the quantum realm and rescue Janet. Like, I right. thought she was going to be a much bigger part of the film, and, and not so much like you know stretching that out throughout because like it, it did seem like oh yeah they teased it in the first movie so they're gonna they're gonna take care of that pretty quickly and move on to the next thing right um but you know i mean it it, it stretched throughout which is i i think fine um you know it it gave them room to tell the story in a natural way and um you know really impact the characters a little and and show their their dynamics and their growth and like you know, we forget like that. Yes, this is the sequel to Ant Man, but also, Ant Man was in Civil War, so like a lot of stuff has happened in between. And like, I I I don't think I necessarily was um, uh, how how sure I was that there was going to be so much fallout from from Civil War for Scott Lang. Like, I think they they lean into that really heavily, which you know makes sense from like a comic booky universe perspective in a MCU continuity perspective, but it's like, oh yeah, all that and everyone is mad at him because of all of his actions there. Like <laughs> so yeah, right. they, there's a lot to explain and like if you're not up to date on all the movies, you have to kinda do your homework again and, and pay attention to what they're talking about because it's like, well, they were happy at the end of Ant Man. Why why is the whole dynamic between Pym and and hope and Scott kind of off, right? Like what happened there? Um, right. But yeah, I mean, quantum realm stuff, like again, visually impressive on screen. And, um, you know, the, the fact that they did get, uh, Janet out is, is huge. And it, it really tied into the, the ghost aspect, but like also like the future of the MCU, which I think we can kind of get into a little later, but, yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think they did a good job. Um, you know, in terms of in terms of, uh, you know, the threat, like it's it, this isn't like an Avengers level threat. So like, if the stakes are never super duper high, but what keeps you interested in this movie is how fast everything is moving. You're literally just like a pinball on this ride with uh, Scott Lang as he's kind of like sucked out of his normal lifestyle you know, or his new lifestyle since he's been home from civil war. Um, there's a lot of great like supporting characters in here, like Randall park, who I think was really funny. Um, as the, uh, parole officer who was coming over and checking on him. Yeah. He just was absolutely hilarious. Um, I think Paul Rudd is, it's just, he's so fucking funny and he sells the role so well. I like Cassie, the little girl. She's, she's good. Yeah, yeah, and I think they, they really sell you uh, – I mean, I, you know, they do it in the first one, but, like, continue to sell this idea of Paul Rudd being this, like, father figure that is, like, always trying to do good, but, like, sometimes is, like, the wrong thing. And, like, you you understand his his motivations, and, like, he's not the perfect superhero. He's not, like, the perfect person and that everyone is flawed, but, like – you're definitely invested with his story because of how much he cares about his daughter. Um, and I, and I do like that, um, the rest of his family, like, uh, Judy Greer and, and, uh, the Bobby Cannavale, Bobby Cannavale, like the, the new husband, 
Like, I like that they're still kind of, like, okay with him. Even though he screwed up, they're like, all right, we're, there's no more, like, animosity there. They've moved on from that. They want Scott to be in her life, and they support, like, him being in her life. And, and I don't know. I, I think um, this movie does have a lot of heart because of that relationship between Scott and Cassie. And it's, yeah, it's really cute. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> um. Okay, I thought it was really funny that they like built that huge like ant tunnel in like the middle of his house. That was amazing because he's, he's home and alone. That's that was great. Um, the giant ant was there the whole time. That was pretty wild. Yeah, um, he, he was very good. Uh, what else? Playing the drums, playing like the drums. taking a bath. Yeah. <laughs> he, he he did fantastic. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, I like that they. Um, enhance the the setting a little bit like i know the first one was definitely set in san francisco and they you know you saw the 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 golden gate bridge in the first movie but like this time it's like oh there's lombard street oh there's fisherman's wharf and like every house that lives in this city is on a hill and it it felt more like san francisco to me and someone that's been there like twice in recent memory yeah it, it like it really felt more like San Francisco than just your generic city, and I thought that was kind of cool. Um, which yes. I, I feel like they don't always do that sort of thing in, in superhero movies. Um, That's true. Um, I mean, all the stuff on the pier for one is was really cool. Like, um, just having like Ant Man in the water and and giant and and then really really tiny in the water and you know, throwing the the lab there, like on the on the pier, was really funny, and like the, all the little bits with like the ferry and like the beach whale thing, and <laughs> the shrinking of the uh, um, the apartment, not the apartment, the the office building was super cool. Yeah. I loved that they could like put this office building on wheels and just roll it down someplace. That was fantastic to me. Um, I loved, uh, you know, how ubiquitous the the shrinking technology has become where they really integrated it into the cars i thought the shrinking cars were pretty cool um it would be cool to see like an ant-man mobile <laughs> i'll be down to see that hell uh, yeah um well they they shrink a lot more stuff yeah, and they the, grow a lot more stuff like there's the much the, more shrinkage yeah i mean <laughs> if the first movie is about ant-man shrinking like this movie is about them shrinking other things like and you know they had i think in the first one a lot of you know ant-man in like a bathtub ant-man in you know a dance club like all these small like like showing him small in a big setting where like here it's it's more of like okay playing with all those dimensions a little bit more and and putting uh things that seem out of place, you know, like, like putting the tiny car on the road, like, and seeing how that interacts with the environment, throwing a salt shaker in and making it huge in a kitchen, like that whole kitchen sequence, like like you were saying before, was great. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think, uh, obviously they kind of showed their hand in civil war by having, um, Scott grow in that film. And so like the fact that he grows in this one too, is like, all right, we've seen that before. What else can you do? And I, I think the, 
gimmick of him being kind of like three quarter size or half size was really funny. Like really funny, like really a toddler. Funny. That was great. Um, all that stuff to me is just gonna last. It's it's always gonna be um, funny to me. <laughs> you know that yes. sort of physical humor. Um, yeah, and like obviously they also go to the quantum realm, and like that looks just as crazy as it did before. Um, you see like the tardigrades and the other weird creatures that are down there. And, um, I think it was fitting that Hank Pym was the one to go down to, to find Janet. Like it makes sense story wise why that happened. But like, there was definitely a misdirect moment there where I was like, Oh shit. Like, did they go down and and get Janet and Hank not come out? (laughs) Like, That would have been kind of dark for for this Ant Man movie, um, but obviously they didn't go that direction yet. No. Um, um, okay. So, all in all, this movie is very fun. You know, it, you know, you'll go, you'll like it. It's good time. Enjoy it at the theater. Um, but if you're gonna go, you're probably gonna want to stay because there are actually two post credit scenes. Um, I would say, honestly. Uh, if you listen to this, like I, I, you know, the joke at the end is kind of like a gim- a given now. So I will, I don't know if I'll stay all the time for the end credits, like because if it's just gonna be a joke forever, like, meh. Uh, mm. But I really enjoyed this post credit scene. So now yeah. they've taken the technology that they've built. This, you know. Uh, what the quantum tunnel where they've miniaturized it so now you can go into it and stuff so uh, they're going to go in with the special canister that's going to retrieve the light energy to you know help keep Ghost from shifting now that Wasp has uh, saved her with her now new quantum powers from the quantum realm I don't know Wasp, how many... Wasp version 1 Janet yeah. yes um, so he goes down there and you see him, you know, talking back. You see the team, which is Hope and Hank and uh, also Janet, you know, all outside manning the controls. And then you cut back in and you see Hank and he's talking and he can't reach anybody. And you come back out and no shit. They've evaporated and turned into dust. And uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean,. I feel like we all saw something like this coming, right? After having Infinity War come out like three months ago or, or two months ago and that film ending with like half the universe starting to disintegrate. Like, okay, well, how is this movie going to fit in? Like, they, they explained it in the sense that, okay, everything in the film takes place before Thanos' finger snap. Like, who knows how long beforehand because... You know, if all these events of this car chase were happening, like, while Thanos is threatening New York City, I don't believe that, but maybe, like, a week or something. But, yeah, that last moment there is is very much in line with Thanos snapping his fingers. Definitely. And, I mean, result of, of the three of them all going was kind it's of huge. a shock to me. It's huge. Um, I mean, it, I, I guess it begs the question, it's like, well, would Scott have disappeared if he was not in the quantum realm or like was he protected by being in the quantum realm does it matter probably not but basically he's stuck there 
<laughs> he is and, definitely stuck there. You know, there's there's all different possibilities of how how he'll get out. Um, I don't know if his getting out is as important as to the implications of what him being there means. Um, right. They're probably not going to tell us how he gets out. Yeah, I mean, they may. They may, like, th- have a throwaway line. I mean, I think they're, like, I was like, oh, well, you know, Hawkeye wasn't in Infinity War, and Hawkeye, like, is retired. Maybe he's, like, just keeping tabs on Scott as he's, like, under house arrest and something like that. And all of a sudden, they show us that Hawkeye's family goes away. And then he's like, all right, I got to go get Scott. And Scott's stuck there. Like, but that's not going to happen. That's comic book stuff. Like, That's not going to happen, no. It's not going to happen. Like, um, most likely, maybe Luis is there, and he's like, boop, 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 Scott's big again. Like, <laughs> ho- hopefully, I, hopefully, hopefully, we'll see, we'll see. I, I don't know. I like that post credit scene. I thought it was kind of a bummer, though, because I thought that this movie was supposed to be, like, a true power cleanser after Infinity War, and I would have liked a little bit more hope. I would have liked to have seen, like, you know, him survive it, you know, as opposed to being stuck in the quantum realm, which even though we already see that he's, you know, out there, um, that, uh, in, in the, you know, the early footage and photos from, uh, Avengers four. Uh, but you know, I, I would have liked to see how he, how he was saved and, you know, kind of some of the ideas that maybe we will be able to use to fight Thanos. Hopefully that's all in the quantum realm, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean like Janet, before she disintegrates throws off a line of like Scott don't get stuck in one of those time vortexes or we'll never be able to reach you again it's like hmm I wonder what this quote unquote time vortex means and what it means in terms of the MCU and their plans in the future because I feel like they wouldn't have name dropped that kind of concept without it like uh, having oh, some so sort you of th- later you implication th- you think that's a you think that's a plot point I think it's a plot point I think either it's a, it's a major plot point to, yeah, to throw in like a point uh, post credit stinger, but like whether it's him like getting stuck in it now or whether it's him coming out and then thinking about this time vortex and trying to utilize it in the, like in the future <laughs> for lack of time mm. move, uh, words. But like, I don't know. I think there's a possibility that, in the absence of them having the infinity stones, like they're like using the quantum realm and it's, uh, relations to time. Honestly, like I was a little bit surprised that they didn't do more with that because like, you know, they had, um, when Hank Pym was in the ship and, and he rescued Janet, like they had the clock there. Right. And like how long it was like until they were going to lose a signal. And like, I thought they were going to go there. And all of a sudden, like, time would slow down or time would stop or would go in reverse or something like right. some sort of tease along that they were going to introduce time travel or time manipulation. But they really uh, didn't do it. Okay. And so, like, they, I feel like her, like, saying that was, like, them dropping in, like, the possibility of what that would mean in the future. Oh, shit. Frank Marsilio. Listen, Hot damn. Uh, Listen, I literally just finished watching a time travel series, 12 Monkeys, which I highly recommend. They just had the series finale on Friday, and I was just watching the finale like like an hour ago. So time travel's in my mind. Okay. Um, And as we know, 
Avengers 4 is supposed to have some time travel in it, and so I'm trying to come at it from all different angles here. How they're going to do it. How are they going to do it? <sighs> Holy crap. Okay. Um, yeah, I dig it, man. I'm, I'm excited to, uh, you know, get into Captain Marvel. I'm excited to see what other, like, uh, you know, th- what other points of a superhero movie we're going to hit with her that, you know, we don't hit in other movies. Um, huh. Yeah, well, I think, like like you were just saying, like, Captain Marvel is, is the next MCU movie. It is the first Marvel MCU movie to have a female hero as the sole uh, headliner. Because this movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp, like... The Wasp is pretty much like the the superhero or like yeah. you know she's got co-billing in this movie. Like she starts off the film as the superhero, the one that's kind of like you know doing her job whereas Ant-Man has kind of just been in the sidelines for for yeah. a couple of years and it and it's pretty impressive that they they went with that especially like because she didn't have um like a necessarily like a true origin story like in the in the first one or right like she was definitely sidelined in the first one like by hank pym pretty much like right no you're my daughter i don't want you to put the suit on and like she kicks ass like she She she's got wings she's got the blasters she like she can i mean she's way more like combat ready than scott lang is for sure it's really awesome to see her jump around and do everything that she can do. And like, she, do we me, see she, Hank Pym like burgle anything in this movie? Not Hank Pym, Scott Lang, Scott Lang. Um, well, didn't they, well, he gets the, he, he burgles his own suit from his daughter, uh, in, in the school. Okay. He that, does that's that. Over. And then, but what was the, I guess. Yeah. Um, Hope is the one that kind of burgles the device that they need from the other guy, uh, Sonny Burks. So, what did you think of the Stanley cameo? I think it was good. I I like that as like what like the sixties something like basically the drugs are getting to him. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was funny. Um, fine, like always happy to have one of those. I, you know, I don't think you know a couple years ago when they had him with the the watchers like i don't i don't know if it really means anything as much as just like the, it just gives them the excuse to have stanley anywhere they want yeah absolutely um absolutely. what else um yeah like i think ghost's abilities were pretty cool like i was saying to megan like the 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 power to to shrink and and grow and have your your uh, objects shrink and grow is really cool to me, but I also really like the idea of being able to like phase in and out of things. Yeah, that's um, awesome. It it was really cool and it played like really well on screen. Like, but Megan was talking, and I don't know if this is the like kind of the way that it, that they were going with it, but like, she planted this idea in my head of like, was Ghost kind of stuck in some sort of multiverse, and like where where like her actions kind of is that why she was phasing or was it more just like she like it it was kind of weird like they didn't really explain like 
why she was afflicted the way she was as so much so like that she just had Got this plastic energy. by the quantum beams yeah yeah um and that like the quantum energy is gonna magically heal heal her now um I don't, I don't know. I, I think it's cool because that means, like, now she's kind of maybe will be a good guy. Like, maybe she's going to be sort of an anti-hero moving forward. Um, what, like, her powers will be now that she's got, like, contr- a little bit more control over it. I don't know. Um, right. I don't know. I, I would like to see, um, like, a a villain run like on like an agents of shield or a different show, like pop up in a, in an MCU Ant-Man movie. I think that would be cool. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I, I like, I think that this movie is like a very serviceable movie. I don't think that it's like, um, it's weird that like, this is like a B level, you know, Marvel movie. And I think that Marvel is like, okay with that. And that to me is just like, it's a little bit strange in and of itself that like here's like a whole other level of characters that you know we know aren't going to make as much money but and or be as culturally relevant but like here you go and uh i think that that's kind of cool and i hope that they are still willing to take chances on lower you know tier characters and do fun things and maybe allow the directors to you know continue to have a nice little bit of control over their movies so that they can continue to make these kind of light on their feet, you know, experiences that maybe, you know, don't need as much continuity, uh, carefulness as some of the other ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I like, I really like the fact that it can stand alone. Um, I, I was looking at the box office numbers before, I think it made like 76 million over this weekend. Yeah. Um, which like compared to infinity war, obviously, it's like pennies, <laughs> but like it, it's successful. It was still number one at the box office, like, and it, it uh, surpassed the original film's box yes. office weekend. So that's good. Like, um, obviously we don't know what the MCU, uh, fa- phase four is going to bring. I feel like that at this point, they're probably going to have another one. Like, you know, they, they do that. They do the threes, the three film trilogy kind of thing. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we had another one. Um, obviously, we know that Ant-Man and the Wasp are going to be in uh, Avengers 4 in some capacity, even though there's the Ant- well, Ant-Man and the Wasp will return question mark. Like, we know they're going to be back. Um, right. So, like, what, what that means for a third movie? I don't know, man. I, I, I feel like... After having um, kind of a mediocre villain in Yellow Jacket in the first one, um, and sort of a gray area uh, villain in this one with ghosts, like I, I hope that there's something um, bigger for them to to tackle in, in the if there is a third one, because um, like. You know, the stakes never, like you said before, the stakes never feel that high. And, like, I don't know if that's because they just want these movies to be lighthearted and, and light on their feet and move forward quickly. Um, but I don't know. Something about, like, having that third movie, like, with the, the stakes, like, you've got several heroes in the film. Like, you're, you're building up your team Ant-Man. So, like, there's enough to kind of, um, enough heroes to kind of help offset whatever threat right. they may get thrown at them. No, I agree with you. 
Um, I hope that they do. I hope that they do a third one. I could see them also not doing a third one. Um, it could be cool if they do like an, a female Avengers movie. That's something that I think keeps getting that keeps bubbling up in the, in the shit. Something that also bubbled up that I think is funny and we can talk about now for a hot minute before we wrap on up over here for repeating ourselves too much. Um, I think uh, there. So Jim Starlin went out and was doing a Comic Con about a week ago. He said that there was about a half hour of footage that we already know about that the Russo brothers said that was cut from the movie um, that would be on a DVD special. For, what, from Infinity War? Yes. Okay. Um, and that was floated out there for about 24 hours or maybe even like a weekend. And then then that very shortly after that, Disney came out and the Russo brothers came out and said, no, that is absolutely not happening. Um, how much of a bummer is that? Yeah, I mean, it's a bummer. Um, obviously, that was a very long film already. So for them to be more content there, like, uh, whether, I don't know. I mean, it, again. Do you think they're going to be using it? Maybe they're reusing it for four. I think that may be more likely. Maybe they had certain scenes shot that they were like, oh, we're going to use this. And then... Um, it, it fits better in whatever sequence of events that they're going to have later. Or maybe they thought that maybe they thought that the ending of, of infinity war was a bit later. And then they kind of were like, okay, actually this fits better as like basically like act four, like let's begin the next movie here or something. Um, I don't know. I, I, to me, it seems like there, that's a lot to, to squeeze in of the plot already. Um, and I mean, there there was chatter it, it around that around in Age of Ultron too, like of of the movies getting like like a whole other plot po- series of, of things. Like I don't know, I, I think that movie was already long, <laughs> so to add more sure. is a lot. <laughs> all right, know. fair enough. Um, all right then. Uh, so yeah, next week's podcast is going to be a little bit different. Um, so uh, for okay, so. Ten years ago this year marks the uh, 2008 SPAC adventure, which was the first time we ever saw Dave two nights in a row at uh, Saratoga Springs Performing Arts Center and arguably had one of the best parties we've ever had ever. Um, if you were there, you know, we salute you. Thank you for coming. And we, we love you. Um, we wish you would come back. Uh, other people like, you know, it's always a good time. So next week, this weekend coming up is going to be SPAC 2018 um, with many returning characters. Um, I will be going both nights. Uh, some of our friends, uh, Danny uh, Silverberg, also uh, Evan Morse will be attending. Um, and we may even have them on the podcast. Uh, we're debating whether we're going to do it, you know, you know, after or before, or maybe a combination of the two. Uh, give us, uh, you know, some space to try out some new stuff we know it's not necessarily geeky movie news or anything like that but uh, if you like dave matthews we'll you know potentially uh you know talk about some of the songs that we liked and and how you guys can get into it as well um yeah yeah like we we've been talking about dave matthews for you know what 15 years or something like that we we've analyzed the songs and stuff we talked about the album a few weeks ago the new album come 
come tomorrow. So um, this is our opportunity to see some of these tracks live, and it means a lot to us. Um, and so, you know, we want to hear what you guys think. If, if you know, if you've listened, if you're Dave Matthews fans, like let us know, and we can talk more about it. But um, this is our opportunity to to see him this summer, and we are excited because it's kind of our our exodus every year <laughs> you know whether it's totally. a SPAC or a different venue um i've been able able to see him across uh, different states and stuff so yeah it's pretty exciting so we're, we're going to try something different um i'm i'm pretty sure pretty pretty sure i'll be there f- friday night and then not saturday and so there may be the chance where um if we do a two night podcast, I may not be on the second episode, but I trust everybody else and their opinions to, to talk about the show. Um, but yeah, it's going to be fun. I I think it'll be really cool. And, um, to get some other opinions out there on the airwaves. Well, everybody, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you all this evening. I hope you had a great time. Have a great week. Um, we dug Ant man. We hope you did too. Please like us or leave us a review on the podcast. Keep in mind, you don't have to like write us like a glowing review. Like I love these guys. They're beautiful. Like you could leave really hilarious ones and that would be good too. Um, But as long as you leave something, that's a very big help. Uh, And then also, you know, just remember you can always find us at, uh, at LLH podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can email us at info at longlostheroes.net. As always, I am AJ. And I'm Frank. Thank you very much, everybody. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.